are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is Michael Dees. What's up, buddy? How are you, man? I'm feeling, feeling good. Ready to do another episode. <laughs> feeling so good. Ready to record another episode. But before we do, you guys, we absolutely have to thank the people who make this possible. Uh, our sponsors have just been so incredibly good to us and, uh, and you know, want to give them so much love. You guys, Jorge and the team at The Best Restoration, they sponsored so many of our coronavirus sessions that we did, and they are sponsoring this episode as well. You guys, business is back open up again and the best restoration is cranking to help businesses get back up and operating deeply cleaned and highly sanitized businesses are the new norm the new norm that's like the <laughs> phrase insert air quotes <laughs> air quotes new norm 2020 um you know you know that your customers are going to expect to walk into businesses that they know are safe. Your business, they want to make sure that everything is nice and clean, you guys. Make sure you call the best, the best restoration and let them help you keep your business top notch. There isn't anything that these guys cannot handle. Be sure to give them a shout at 352-505-3321. Again, that is 352-505. 505-3321 or visit them at thebestrestoration.com. That's right. We also got Brian Rilio and the team at Brooker Pest Control. If you're like me and coronavirus has like kept you inside, you know, you're like <laughs> all sheltered, you're like ready to get outside and then you get outside and it's a swarm of mosquitoes. So you're ready to go back inside. Well, not so fast. We're in the middle of summer, but if you got the mosquito problem, Brooker Pest Control's got your back. Uh, if you got a new pet like me and now you're infested with fleas and ticks, hopefully are you, you aren't. Are you, pet, you, know, are you infested know. with fleas and ticks? Or no? You know, it's, it's not been a problem. I do have a, a, <laughs> a monthly reminder of uh, the medication. But no, if, if you do have that problem, Burger Pest Control has your back there. Uh, if you're having a new home built, well, you need to have it properly soil treated for termites with a damage repair warranty by Brooker. Give them a shout at 352 352- Three seven eight two four three three. That's three five two three seven eight two four three three. Or find them online at brokerpestcontrol.com. Tell them we sent you. If you haven't checked out episode eighty eight uh, of our WoGMV with Brian, uh, we will reference it every time from now until eternity. Uh, it's one of the funniest <laughs> episodes we've ever done. Uh, but yeah, if you have any pest control needs at all, check them out. They will hook you up. Yeah, baby. Sponsors, thank you so much. You guys are the best. I really, really appreciate your support and, and not only your investment into us, but your investment into our amazing community, baby. That's right. Ready to go? Let's do it. You guys, today on the show, we have Drew Howard, CEO of Always True Company. Drew, what is up, man? What's popping? How you guys doing? <laughs> Good, man. Are you excited right. to be here? Like, let's go. You're at high. We got yeah, hype I'm really excited. Like, ready to go? Yeah, I don't. So. A lot of people get like super hype, you know what I mean? You're, you're and like, I'm like super chill, I'm super chill. But I'm like deep down, I'm hype. <laughs> deep down, like I'm really like yeah. But and, it comes off like ooh. And, yeah. and we want to give a lot of love to Kevin because Kevin sure. was gonna come with you. Of course. So Kevin is your CFO. Yes. Right. And and we we weren't sure. We wanted to take every precaution. Of course. But he had been exposed to somebody who had COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. So like Kevin, we know you haven't gotten your test results we love back you, dude. yet. Kevin. We love you. Kevin, dude, I'm so sorry that you missed this. Uh, it would have been a lot of fun. We absolutely love you and appreciate you, man. And you know, hopefully, like that test comes back negative. We were hoping that the test would come back negative before before, yeah, before, before the episode, down, yeah. and you could have been here with us. And it was just you know bad timing. And you know, we're playing the better safe than sorry card for sure. Yeah. So, but definitely want we'll we'll have you guys back. We'll do like a recap at some point in the future. And yeah, we'll, be dope. We'll, yeah, it'd be cool. But just wanted to give a ton of love to Kevin out there and say, dude, sorry you're missing this with us. But next time, next time for sure. It's always so, next time. Yeah. Drew, man, we we like we like to start with stories. Cool. You know, like throw it back. Just tell us your story, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've been to your place. Yeah, this is this is epic. We'll, we got some B-roll. We'll show some B-roll and uh, we'll like throw it in there. And the the coolest garage store I've ever been in my entire life. I'm like super fascinated to just dive into this story. So why don't you tell everybody 
your story, what you do, who you are, all that good stuff, man. Let's go. Uh, just just story about the company or, or what? Yeah, I mean, like, well, how about like what got you to Gainesville? Okay, like cool. why, why you're doing what you're doing? And obviously our audience doesn't know what you do yet. So like, let's Appreciate explain it. that too. Yeah, just okay, your story, cool. man. Cool, yeah. So I came to Gainesville in 2017. Um, uh, it was for school. I'm from I'm originally from South Florida in a town called Weston. And uh, super small, it's like 10 miles in radius it's tiny um, and, and I wanted to come to Gainesville because it was UF was the best school um, on the radar I guess just in Florida so I wanted to do that so I came here and in doing so I went through like the motions of most college kids um, I decided to join a fraternity when I was when I came here also and in doing so I met Kevin who's the CFO but he was also from he's also from my uh, town also and uh, I knew him a little bit but not not too much um, and he was familiar with my family and we, I was familiar with his family um, but he was in the fraternity also and so we kind of just came together and he I became his little brother in the fraternity and so we we started that bond from there and then slowly after that we kind of just really got into personal development so it could be uh, reading books, uh, I don't know, could be Tony Robbins book, could be um, Grant Cardone's stuff, it could be any of that stuff. And we, we were really like, we were really into that because we both, we both like sales and we both wanted to um, sell. Uh, and so we got involved in an organization where we were selling, we were selling proteins and we were selling shakes and we were selling stuff like that. And we got into personal development because people were pushing us to do that and pushing us to sell and pushing us to get better as humans. So that's what we did. And then we just decided that we didn't really have the passion for that. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't ours essentially. And so me and Kevin got together and and my little brother's also involved in Always True too. Um, he's not as he's not as intensely as involved as me and Kevin, um, but he is there as a brand ambassador, and he is there as as somebody who who brings in brings in sales and just kind of brings the culture together for kids who are younger because he's three years younger than me. Okay. And so, um, and so me and Kevin basically just decided to start something of our own, and uh, we didn't really know what it was going to be at all. Um, we were thinking about, it was initially supposed to be fitness, fitness, something like a fitness. I think it ended up, I think we were thinking about a fitness brand of some sort. And so, uh, right, right. As like, as we thought of the idea, we, we decided to kind of like throw it down and kind of get it on pen and paper. And so we just thought of names. It was like, you know, some very generic gym, gym, uh, names and workout names and stuff like that. And then always true just kind of came. Um, I kind of just said it and Kevin kind of understood it a little bit. Cause again, he was, his family was familiar with my family and stuff like that. Um, and then I kind of, and he, he knew what happened to my brother and, and I guess I'll explain that too. Uh, so eight years ago, my older brother, he passed away. Uh, he was a rapper, a musician, an artist, and his stage name was always true. He was very, very passionate about that, very passionate about music. My family, my parents made us uh, play instruments when we were little, all three of us. And I kind of got away from it because I like physical arts. I like drawing and painting and stuff like that. So I kind of got away from it, but and my little brother also did. But my older brother, Brandon, always true, he stuck with it. and he decided that he wanted to pursue it legitly um, and intensely. And so he did for a certain amount of years until unfortunately he passed away. He was going to school at UCF. Um, I forgot what, what year. Um, I mean, he passed away in 2012, but I forgot what year he got into college. I think it was 2010. Um, and he was just walking home late at night and he was getting drunk, something. And there was no lights on the street and he got hit by a taxi mm. and so he I, I think and I'm pretty sure he immediately passed away from the impact of it all um, but I, I basically that whole story I explained that to Kevin because he, he knew about it because his older brother was good friends with my older brother so he kind of knew and understood a little bit but I explained it I was like yo why don't we just take the name always true which is universal a lot of people can relate to it and why don't we why don't we push why don't we pay homage to my brother and why don't we also take that message and push it 
as a brand and just as a lifestyle for people to kind of fall back on as a boundary uh, to be always true to who they are in whichever moment they're in. And he was like, it was like, yeah, let's do it. And so from there in 2015 is when we filed the LLC. And from there, it just, it just kept going. It almost feel, it almost felt like it was just a, we just kind of just went into it. Okay, so for our audience that's listening that might not know what Always True is, what is Always True? Always True right now is a clothing and a streetwear brand. Okay. And like the the thing that really is fascinating about it, at least in my opinion, is that it really kind of brings in this artistic nature. Like I, I mean, how how would you how would you describe when you're trying to describe your clothing brand to somebody? Like, what makes you different? What's the differentiator? Like, what? How do you even describe it to somebody? Uh, it's, I don't know. It's kind of hard because we switch a lot. It's like, it's like night and day. It's like, you know, one day we could be randomly picking up a sewing machine, learning how to sew. The next day we're uh, graffitiing our clothes. The next day we're like painting actual paintings and then uh the next day we're just we're just doing a bunch of random shit like it just it just it changes a lot and I think that's what I like about it the most is that we're not really too um confined obviously we're I guess you can say we're confined to clothes right now but I like to I like to experiment with stuff that I think is interesting in the times that we're in and so it just keeps on growing as our skills grow and as we like adventure into different avenues of creation and stuff like that. Yeah. So what years did you and Kevin go to school? Uh, I went to, I started school in, um, 2017, I think. Okay. I think so. Yeah. So you were kind of doing this in parallel then? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you start creating... No, 2013. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> 2013, yeah. Okay, so 2013. Damn. And then this started in 2015. 2015, yeah. I graduated in 2017. <clears throat> okay. So, the... So, you were doing... You were kind of doing this in parallel with, with going to school. I mean, when you were, like, when you're doing this, I mean, I, like, I've seen this, like, I, I've been I've been there personally. You're, you're selling, like, you have this store in like a garage I mean what are the other I mean you have an online store like what are the methods of distribution like where like where were the seed when, when you planted the seed and you and Kevin like started having these conversations and you start creating yeah and you start creating clothing like what like where did it go from there like what were the conversations like where are you like what, how are you gonna distribute like how are you wow, gonna make how crazy. are you gonna make money yeah like is it was insane like we don't when we first started, we don't, we didn't even know, like we started with 12 shirts and 12 hats, something like that. But we didn't really, we had no idea. We literally had no idea what we were doing. Uh, the first year, year and a half, we weren't keeping track of anything. Um, we didn't know what accounting was. Um, I mean, we did cause Kevin went to school for it and stuff, but we didn't know how to apply it in real life, especially to a business. And so we, we were just running around with our heads chopped off for the first like year and a half. Um, and then slowly we just started to like keep track of little things. And I think that's the main thing is just building upon little, just building upon little things to kind of just get everything organized and put things together. Um, because I feel like that's, if you can break thing, if you can break large, um, large, complicated concepts or things into smaller pieces, you'll be more apt to, to trying to figure it out, and it'll be more reasonable for you and more achievable for you. So we just started by just doing one thing. All right, how do we make money? Okay, we sell a T-shirt. Cool. That's like th the most simple thing ever at the time, but then it's like, okay, what can we do from there? What else can we sell? How how can we sell it? What, there's so many things that, I mean, it's a simple, it's a simple business that I think um, it is. Like you're, but, Cause you're selling you know, a product. You're like, yeah. I have this, I got to sell yeah. it. So, I mean, but how did you get those first 
customers like what were you guys like were you selling them out of the, I'm like is this like like school like old school entrepreneurial like selling out of the back of a trunk like here it is like or were you like hey come to my garage I mean because if you pulled me off on the street like hey come to my garage and check out my club I'll be like oh like dude you're kind of like psycho yeah. I mean like like I mean like what were the conversations like you know how did you get those customers man the customers came from online we knew we knew that online was a thing just growing up and just the era we just knew that being online was like a big thing so what do you mean by online like uh, having a store website website? online yeah so we just like immediately we kind of I don't even really it, it probably was just from like a multitude of things that we were thinking about but we knew we we knew there was like certain things that we had to get done in order to start to sell stuff and we just we just thought that we could easily make a website like Squarespace or something and then from there. Is it like one of those perception, like you look at that, like look at the website, right? Like I'm looking at that shirt that Mike has pulled up here and I mean like you don't you don't know that it's in a garage. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Like not not that you hide it or yeah, anything. Yeah. Like I've seen plenty of videos. Like, no, no, it certainly like, says designed in Gainesville, Florida, <laughs> manually silk screen printed and hand bleached in a Gainesville, Florida basement. Okay, I mean that's there you go. but like no, not hiding it. it. I mean you're not hiding it, it's like right there on the website. But like you look at the website and it's Looks you know, nice, it's yeah. yeah, it's super nice. I mean you, you know, it's funny because like that was you think about like the online era and the online stores, like that that was that was a huge advantage for a while. Mm-hmm. And for it sure. still is for a lot of people is like you can create these perceptions of like dude like we're we we're this like huge you made the perception that you're like this huge legit like big time company and and you're definitely legit but you're in the basement <laughs> like yeah. you say so right there on your web- website mm-hmm. you know yeah people were like it, it's so funny because even when we were like two two years in when we had no idea what we were doing at all people were like oh my god like you guys are you guys are huge like and I'm sitting there like dude I'm still I got at this at this point, I got two fridges and I got a, a door stacked on the fridge, and that's my desk space in the basement. <laughs> got one over there, got one over there. He's like, man, this guy has two fridges. <laughs> Dang. They're like, yo, you like, how are you doing it? And I'm sitting there like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Like, so was scary. that like when you like look at majority of the revenue was online, or was majority yeah. okay? Yes, at that point, yeah. And then it kind of just like, and then it. But from a marketing standpoint, like, well, like, what were you doing to get the to get the word out there? Like, how were you attracting those first customers? It was uh, it was Instagram. A lot of it was um, was like family friends, like, and I think that's how most things start. But we had a we had a good network of people, like, family, friends, everyone who was very supportive of what we were doing. And so, when we were going to launch the first collection, that's when um, online on our brand new website that's when everyone kind of flooded to it and we sold a decent amount. Um, but again, we still didn't have any idea what we were doing, but it was through Instagram, social media, all that stuff, Facebook. And that's how we draw people in too. That's cool. So, I mean, where are you at? Where are you at right now? Like, I mean, you still have it. I've seen the racks inside the basement they the garage. Like, I mean, you still have that going on. I mean, what's, uh, you know, like, like, are you, I guess like where my question is going, like is this is this more of like a side hustle type fun hobby project type thing, or is this something that you like want to legitimize and actually make uh, mm-hmm. into a fashion brand? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a legit thing. This is like what we're doing. Me and Kevin are doing it full time. Uh, so, so yeah, I I want this to be huge, and I and I know that it's going to be a global thing. It's just a matter of when and how the hell we're going to even do it. So, <laughs> so you guys just having those conversations on a daily basis or yeah, what? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love the spirit there. It's going <laughs> like to be global. Gonna, we're just trying to figure out what the F we're doing. You know? <laughs> but, but, but we will. I, we've, we've made a lot of uh, conversations about pivot and opportunity and survival of um, how businesses have navigated the impact of COVID-19. We've had our, our coronavirus sessions and stuff. And one of the things I'm already fascinated by on your website is the introduction of face masks. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you about that. Like who, whose idea was it? How did you approach that? Was it something that you immediately were like, here, there's an opportunity here? Um, even the aspect of you know doing it from recycled t-shirts, I think it's brilliant. Uh, so just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, face mask. Have, is, is that one of them right That's there? one right there, yeah. Oh, cool. So, like, I didn't wanna, even know we yeah. had a prop. Yeah. Hey, you want to lift it up and like show the camera? And, so. This one's actually this one's actually sweet because we have like a little um, we have a little pocket where you can put a little filter. In. 
Cool. Cool, yeah. Um, That's neat. Which is cool. But, yeah, I mean, people were, when quarantine was happening, everything was, like, going down. Um, Kevin's mom and my grandma hit me up and was like, hey, Drew, you got to make masks. And I was like, I was like, what? Because quarantine just, you know, happened. It was like people were starting to wear masks or whatever, and it wasn't like a, it was just kind of like a, you should maybe wear a mask or something. Mm -hmm. It was like that. And so I was like, I don't know. And then people started to be like, hey, you should, you should like start making masks. And so I was like, all right, I guess we'll make masks. And the masks were actually like a very good, a very good product for sure. We've sold like a decent amount of masks throughout these past couple months. Crazy. So did you so, do it? Yeah, it says on the website that you did it out of like uh, recycled t-shirts and stuff. So, I mean, were these maybe designs that didn't go well or scraps or, you know, were you able like to take something that you would have normally thrown away and now you've got a use for it that you can profit off of? Because that's, that's a dream right there. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, and I think, I think a lot of the stuff that we've gotten into also is figuring out what we can do with trash, uh, trash. Right. Um, because I see, I see clothes, like I pick up clothes on the side of the road that may look like it's the end for it. And I, I'm like, this is, this is money in term for me mm-hmm. uh, and for what I'm doing. I'm like, yo, this is money. I could put some art on this and I could sell this and it's free. And so it's similar to these masks. Some of the masks could be scraps from uh, cut and sew pieces that I've done personally or people or we've had people done in the basement and stuff like that. And then others were either donated to us uh, or we thrifted them. And so it's just a mixture of a bunch of stuff because some people, some people just hit us up and they're like, hey man, I got all these clothes. I was going to bring it to Goodwill, but I like what you guys are doing. Here's some shit. And we're like, we're literally, we'll take anything. Like anything can be turned into money. It's crazy. So we just, we saw it and we're like, all right, let's do it. It's awesome. Yeah. So we still, we just have a shitload of shirts and we can do whatever. So does that open your, your mind up to like face mask? I mean, who knows how long they're going to last. So we could be facing this for mm-hmm. another year or it could be over, yep. you know, hopefully soon. But like, it, does it open your mind to other opportunities? Like, have you already started putting your brain there? It's like, how can I use these, these scraps or these, you know, whatever you find to other sellable things, even if face masks go away? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the, the good, the good thing about this. And the good thing about, things happening abruptly is that you can kind of just see what's happening, understand like what's good and then realize how you can, and this, you know, not necessarily profiting, you know, is a bad thing, how you can profit off whatever. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of seeing where exactly uh, the money is going and seeing how you can like properly stay always true to who you are and, and your mission and, and, turn it into something that could benefit you and also other people too. So yes, it, it opens up a lot for sure. Do you consider yourself a businessman or an artist? Uh, both. Yeah. Yeah. I like to be, I like to be in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that long term that's going to hold you back? Do you feel like as a company grows, you're going to have to pick, okay, I got to be the CEO now, or I'm going to be like the designer and the artist. Okay. I see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if I had to choose, I'd be the artist, I'd be the creative director of always true. And so I would, I would definitely like find somebody to be a CEO for sure, because I love, I like it. I like, you know, I like what I'm doing right now, but if I can just have all the time in the world to create whatever I wanted, and that was like my main thing, then that's what I would love to do for sure. What is your, like, what do you think, consider like your biggest challenge right now? It's such a competitive industry. Like when I think of fashion yeah. and I think of the industry, like I'm just like, dude, like, I mean, no offense, I would never want to touch it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, there's so for much sure. competition. For sure. I mean, the good thing is like everybody wears clothes. So, I mean, I guess <laughs> right. like it's like food. Like, is there, like everybody's gotta eat, mm-hmm. but there's also, there's so many restaurants and there's so many clothing brands, right? Like. I mean, what's, so what's your biggest, what's your biggest challenge, you know, when it comes to, to that growth and that exposure and, or just in general, I would say, yeah, I would say just continuing, just continuing, uh, with the creation of stuff, uh, because the main, the main thing I, I guess for most businesses is to just keep, keep cash flowing in. And so, you know, that's hard when nobody really cares about, um, what you're doing, you know, it seems like 
the real person that needs to really care a lot is the person that's doing it. And obviously, you know, you get customers and you get people, and those are people that care and stuff like that. But it seems as though it's like, you know, it's, it's hard. It's a hard, like, I guess, you know, this industry and just any industry in general, when you're trying to introduce a new product, people are like, why the hell would I even buy that? What is that? And so trying to get around and, and, and you're not, and for us, we're not like, it's not the convincing of people. I wouldn't say. I would say it's just providing people with with value and um, a story and something that they can like hold on to and kind of attach themselves to. And so, one of the hard things is just sales. It's just bringing in more sales and figuring out different ways in order to draw more people in. Basically, I would say that's like a continually hard thing. Yeah, for sure. I feel like at least from what I've seen, maybe it's you're doing more. Um, I mean, I guess like is, like is influencer marketing a great way for you? I mean, you have, and may, maybe not just influencers, but like your customers themselves, because they're like really yeah. taking pictures, you know, wearing your shirts and putting it out there. And yeah, influ- influencer marketing is interesting to me. Um, I don't think that it's something that resonates with this with our brand. We've done it before. We've given out a shitload of clothes to a bunch of different people. Um, you know, relatively famous people that we somehow got in contact with and they wore it and stuff like that and posted about it. But for us, it didn't do shit. So Hmm. um, for us, it's more of of communicating with people and bringing people along on this journey. And sometimes it takes them two seconds, but majority of the time it takes them, you know, weeks, months to be like a part of, I guess, the always true lifestyle and want to buy and stuff. Yeah. Do you ever get like artist block? You know, like how people get like writing block, mm-hmm. like, you know, because I mean, if you're, if you're like the artist behind these creations and you like kind of hit that wall, mm-hmm. right? I mean, now your whole business is on pause. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I mean, does that happen? And like when it does, like, what do you do about it? If anything, or do you just take a mental break? Like what, like what's your process there? I try not to put too much pressure on myself. We, we like to, it's very interesting because it's not, it's not like a normal, it's not like a normal business. We kind of like to, to take our time and, you know, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of balance both being a creative and like, oh, just, you know, just, you know, when it comes, do it, you know, and then when it doesn't, don't. And, but then it's like, holy shit, like I actually have to make money for this business to be sustainable. So it's like, it. I don't think, I've never really gotten an artist block because every time I'm about to get blocked or whatever it is, I just learn something new. And in t- and learning something new, it always just pushes me. And then I also do a bunch of collaborations with people who inspire me too. And so it just keeps on going for me. I've never really had that. Um, type of like block where I'm just like, all right, you know, two weeks, I'm, I'm done. I can't do anything. It's yeah. always been like, you got to move. You got to, regardless of if you got writers or, you know, artist block or not, it's like, you got to move, you got to move still. You can't just sit there and just, you know, dwell or whatever. You just got to keep going and try to make sales and do, and do the thing basically. Yeah. Are you inspired more by the collaboration projects or is it like a, the world around you? Like where, where do you go Damn. when you have to go to that? Well, yeah. Hmm. I would say both, both equally. Um, I really, I love, I love when I can, I love when I can take something that, that I've been inspired by and properly articulate that and, and make that resonate with people in a, in a very, um, simplistic way. I love when I do that, but I also love when people bring their different perspectives into it because then I'm like, oh, I haven't really thought about it like that before. I've never really created something like that before. And that's, that's interest That's interesting to me. So it's, um, it's a mixture of both for sure. Definitely. I also wanted to ask you, you touched on the influencer thing and I had a question jotted down. One of the growing trends, and I speak of this with no profession whatsoever, <laughs> but one of the growing <laughs> trends I see in like, uh, clothing, clothing companies and Instagram is this, um, 
uh, hey, hottie, I love your style, let's do a collaboration kind of marketing where people will just find random profiles and then give them a discount code or give them something for free and then say, you know, repost this. And and I, I'm just, I'm interested by that. Like there's part of me, if I'm honest, that thinks it's a little skeevy, but from, from just a strictly marketing standpoint, I'm interested in, you know, especially if it's like a discount code and it's not free. Yeah. If like what that long-term strategy is there and if, if you see, um, you know, is there any downfall to it? Because if if you can mm-hmm. get your basic cost covered, you know, you never know yeah. what what influencer, whether they're mm-hmm. just scratching the surface or whatever, could could end up peddling for your company. So just a little bit on that. For sure, I'm I'm open to a lot of things. You know, I, initially I said, you know, like influencer market marketing does doesn't like necessarily work for our brand, but you know. If it, if it comes naturally, like there's a bunch of people that hit us up on Instagram and they're like, hey man, I can take some pictures with this stuff on. And if the inventory is just sitting there, I'm like, yeah, dude, take it, do it. But they hit us up naturally. And so I like to really like- Are they asking for money when they're doing that though? Or they're just what, like, what are No, they asking? they're asking for clothes, Okay, basically. No, I don't think, no one's ever really asked for like money of some sort. It's usually like, clothes in return for pictures or something like that. Um, But if it comes natural, I like to do things as natural as possible and that's hard in a business setting because you always gotta bring in, uh, like we've been saying this whole time, you always gotta bring in the dough. So like, but I like doing that because I feel like it pushes people to do the most natural thing. And obviously, you know, it, it's it's hard because it's 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 not as steady right now, but I feel like it will push people in the most natural way possible to purchase or to share it in that manner. But it takes it takes time for sure. It's still taking time. <laughs> so, talk to me a little bit about like determining what you're gonna charge, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, pricing is I think pricing is like always one of those super tough things for for businesses and. You're trying to determine like what's the right amount to charge for a service and or what or product like whatever the case is right like yeah how did you determine that are you like factoring your own like labor into it like when you're creating like man like I spent thirty minutes like actually creating this this item like I need to make sure that that yeah is being factored into this price like how how much of that is going through your mind and and determining the price of your product. Yeah. So as of recently, we've dis- we've like we've we've delved into that um, into into scalability of the business uh, in terms of you know if I wasn't there, who's going to be doing it, and if whoever's doing it, what are they going to get paid, and what are the labor costs and all that stuff. So a lot of the there's some products on there that we've that we've launched like a year ago that had no we just the pricing was you know, we had the cost of goods and that was basically like the distinctive price that we knew. I mean, the cost that we knew, but in terms of all the other stuff of time, we had no idea, but now we are getting into that um, where we're realizing, we're realizing in order for this to scale, um, we're gonna have to take into account who's getting paid for certain things that they're doing. So, um, because recently I've, you know, I've made a bunch of masks, but then I've also dished out, dished out the work of making the masks to a couple of our friends who've, um, who, who know how to sew. And so we've been paying them too. And so, and I, I really like that. Before I didn't necessarily see the opportunity in doing that and freeing up time because I was like, yeah, man, it's money and I need, we need that money for the business. But now it's, now it's more of, okay, how can we scale this and how can I get more time for myself and more time for creation and stuff like that. And so even if I'm not making as much, I'm still dishing it out and I'm still able to work uh, more and smarter, I guess. So yeah, it's been like work, it's been working into the cost now yeah. for sure. And some of the stuff on there, like probably not making any money on. How many How many different SKUs do you have? Uh, we have a shitload. <laughs> because the, hey that's like that's a lot <laughs> the so there's like there's there's two there's two like distinctive like sides of the business there's like the new clothes that we make which are like distinctive cost of goods and we make 30 of each 50 of each whatever of each and then there's the one of a kinds which is i would say is the majority 
of like the product that we have in, in our basement and on hand. And so those at each one of those is, is its own skew, I think. So, um, we've got, you know, we've got, we've got 500 plus, um, skews like on the website right now. So, so as you look towards scaling this, I mean, I, I've, I've not seen how much space you have, but do you, do you, are you to a point where you're, you're wondering, um, if you can continue to do it from your basement or you have to start looking at outside space, it, is it something that you see staying in Gainesville? Uh, so, so yeah, we recently, like the last time you were in there is completely changed. Uh, we've, we basically moved a bunch of stuff around and have gotten a lot more organized. And so you were in the main basement and you saw like it was kind of crowded and whatnot. We basically cleared everything out and you know, the racks that were on all mm-hmm. the, the parameter of yeah, the whole did. business. Okay. We kind of just added a bunch of more of those racks in the inside. And so the basement is solely now like a hang, like a, everything's hung up and it's a, basically a shop showroom type of thing. And so Kevin used to live in this room that was like a two story loft. And, uh, he decided he didn't really need that space anymore. And we had another room open in the house. So he moved into the other room and in this two loft room, we kind of just converted that the bottom, the bottom floor is like the studio space slash shipping area. And then above that is like a studio lighting. And so we take you know, photos of products and stuff like that. And so everything is starting to get like compartmentalized. And yeah, I think we're probably going to like be leaving the basement pretty soon yeah. <laughs> for sure. Cause it just seems like it's a good problem to have yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I see, I see definitely see like a warehouse of some sort. Um, I don't know where exactly. Cause you, you asked me if, I, if it was going right. to be in Gainesville or not. It could be, um, the space here is, is cool. Like the people here are sweet. And I think that, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that we're quote unquote finished here. I don't know if we ever will be, um, but I'm always open to seeing where else we can go basically, or if we need to stay here. We talked about your inspiration for the art side of things, but what's your inspiration for the business side of things? Is there, is there a brand uh, that you, you look to and are like, man, this, these guys get it right. I want to be like them. Yeah. There's this, there's this uh, shoe brand It's called John Geiger. It's, it's a dude, his name is John Geiger and he makes uh he makes some high-end shoes and I don't necessarily want to be exactly like him because he's, he's shoes. I mean, he does, he does clothes and stuff, but the aesthetic, the aesthetic of how he does things is, is good. Another one is off white, which is this like higher, higher end fashion brand, um, by this designer, his name is Virgil, Virgil Abloh. He's a, I feel like I resonate a lot with like what he does in his works. And so I would say those are, those are, those are some two main people that I constantly look at, I guess, on Instagram. But my uh, explore page is just is just full of people doing wild, wild stuff with clothes. And so I get a lot of inspiration from that, just, just going onto the explore page and just seeing all this crazy shit. What's your, like, what's your day look like? <laughs> like, what's your, like, what's your routine? Like, what time are you waking up? What, like... Cause this is this is a full time thing, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, what? Yeah, tell me tell me what your day looks like. It's different. It depends on if there's like meetings in the morning, um, which at this point have happened rarely. Um, but but recently, I've just been waking up at like nine thirty, maybe ten, um, and it's it's different every day. It could be like it could be me making masks for somebody based off of the order. It could be a pre sale collaboration that we make where we basically get together with an artist of some sort and then we we put together mock-ups of products and put it on the website so we don't actually order the inventory um and we kind of make a pre-sale for you know one to two weeks and then people order it and then once it's done then we put it into production ship it out and so that's another portion of it another portion is we do a lot of manufacturing uh for for companies for artists, for bands and stuff like that of t-shirts and hats or whatever they need to get made. Masks. We just made some masks for, um, this girl, Lizzie Jane. She's a, she's an EDM artist. Um, so it's, it's like, it's a mixture of stuff. It like, it's, it's never like, a. there's no like clock in clock out at this time. It's all just like, all right, what can we do here? Okay. There's going to be a podcast here. We're going to go do that. (laughs) There's another podcast over here. There's somebody that wants to make an app for you. So we're going to have, we're going to just hop on a call with him and see what he wants to do. There's just a bunch of, 
a bunch of different stuff scattered all over the place right now. Who's who's your customer? Like who's the, who's the like the demographic? Like who's buying? Like you know, I'm always yeah. That's interesting. Um, at least I would say the majority of people are like kids that are my age. Probably I would say 18 to I would say 18 to 30, most likely. It's like the majority of people, and but we also get a bunch of old people. Like <laughs> they're just like hell yeah, like I'll buy this. They, and they buy it. So it's like, but it, it's old people, and then it's also just everybody in between. Male and female, 50-50. Like, uh, I, mean, I would like say what's... it's a majority of men, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Where did where did you pick up the skills? Because like, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and you're talking about like learning how to make masks or, or, or making them yourself, and then you're talking about bleaching shirts and stuff. Like, did you, is this just strictly trial and error? Yeah. Did you have a great home ec teacher or somebody that like taught you how to do basic sewing? YouTube. Yeah, I mean that's like, where I learned everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, YouTube's YouTube's amazing, and that that was like the definitely like one of the main one of the main like teachers for me. But I think it's just accumulation of the resources that I've had my entire my entire life of experiences that I've had and stuff like that. But I would say yeah, in order like to to mediate the process and to speed it up, it would be like all right, my sewing machine is broken right now. It's pissing me off. <laughs> what do it? type it in yo my sewing machine right it's pissing me off I, I still youtube how to tie a tie every time i tie a tie like there, there's a way i know how to do it but like if i want to get it right i'm still youtubing how to tie a tie yeah for sure that's wild i don't know is there anybody that you've done a collaboration with or had as a client that you were like kind of fanning over like oh my god i can't believe i get to work with this person or <laughs> yeah i think all of them really yeah i literally think like oh my god i'm just honored that this random person down the street would buy a shirt from me no, straight up yeah. like because obviously I, I think that the stuff that I make is sweet like I think that I'm very creative and I, and I think that the stuff is sweet that I make but I think that everybody else just has an equal like amount of creativity and can make just as awesome stuff and so I'm like actually honored that people take the time and and want to just be a part of what we're doing like dude that's such a humble answer yeah it, that's I mean, what it is that's the truth for that's, sure that's like you get excited that somebody like wants something that you've created. Yeah. It's, it's just like it's the like, feeling of that. And yeah, it's like, cool, damn, man. you guys, you have something I want to be, they're like, I want to be a part of it. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, so when you got to do this collaboration with a CDM artist, were you like, is that somebody that you knew you were like kind of familiar with and you were like stoked about beyond just that, oh my gosh, this person wants to work with us? I don't know how we got in contact with her. I think Kevin, Kevin might've known somebody that knew another person um but yeah i was i was stoked I was, she crushes that shit she's she's dirty she's really, <laughs> somebody you like listen to or like were you familiar because no, of no the... i don't really listen to okay. um i don't i don't not, i'm not like an avid listener to edm and, and electronic music mm-hmm. i which is weird because we do a lot of we've done a lot of pop-ups here in gainesville with and it's just been all edm just the whole night um but me personally i don't necessarily listen it's not like my favorite type of music, but I do appreciate it. And so I didn't really, I didn't really listen to her at all. Um, but Kevin, I believe Kevin somehow had a connection mm-hmm. and it went down like that. Dude, connections are everything, man. For sure. Those, those relationships. For sure. <laughs> so when I hear you say stuff like, no, this is definitely going to be a global brand. Like, I'm going to see it through to that moment, right? Like, I, I instantly go into a place of, well, Gainesville needs to, like, retain a lot of global brands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need, like, we need to maintain companies as they grow. Like, what, like, what is it that you really need out of, out of Gainesville when it comes to, you know, when it comes to making sure that we, like, keep businesses like yours here as, as you do scale? What can we do to, like, help ensure that that remains a possibility? a possibility of you, you know, yeah, I would say, keeping you here. I would say probably just, just be open, like just be open to what creatives have to say. And because a lot of the times, you know, they, they're able to kind of just branch out and, and think a little bit outside the box. And so I think being, being able to adapt to change and letting these people speak, um, these creatives, and it doesn't have to be creatives, it can be anybody, I think. And then supporting, like listening, and then supporting and wanting to be a part of it. 
and I think could really help. It could really help us too. I mean, they have like being here in Gainesville is, is super chill. Like everybody's like <coughs> super open, and the society and the community just in general are very supportive, and I appreciate it a lot for sure. And so it's just about opening, being more open. Um, I kind of going back to the question where I say, okay, like, would you be like the CEO or the creator, right? Uh, I, I consider myself or definitely becoming more of a creative person. Like, I, I love to create content. I love I, I love creation. Um, however, like, if I was gonna pick between the two, like, I would I would be the business guy, like, right? And I would say that sometimes, like, especially in like the business world, this is why I love like having conversations exactly like this one, even though they're like somewhat different than a lot of the normal ones that we, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, it's, yeah. like that's what I love about the show is that we can really pull in so many different types of, sure, of yeah. individuals and have conversations like this one. Um, but one of the things that's been like super interesting over the course of, I would even say like my career is as a more of a business person is working with creatives. Um, I've, I have found it to be incredibly challenging to work with creatives. Um, and whether it's like different personality types, you know, like, I mean, like whatever (laughs) it is, it's just like, I've, I've, I've found it challenging. Um, you know, like what's like, what's like a piece of advice that you you would give to our more business audience as a, like a, a tip to like really zero in on how to, how to work with creatives as a, as a business owner, business leader, like how do you like really work with creatives. Yeah. I would say, I would like, say empathy. I would say, and, and it's kind of, it's kind of hard if you, if you're a businessman and you haven't necessarily delved into the creative realms that the person that you're talking to has. But I would say, I would say be, be empathetic to that artist is because that person is putting their all into, into the creation of of what they think is amazing and what and what they've been creating and so they're very attached to it and it you know happens to me a lot also but but from a from a like from a business standpoint it's hard um it's hard to do that because you're just like yo let's go let's do this like you know don't give a shit just you know what is your what is your art actually worth you know stuff like that like is it actually going to sell which is which is good that's 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 also a good aspect to have like a businessman coming coming forward and testing this artist on what on what he can um and what he, what he can do with his art but i would say probably empathy on both sides too that's because the artist doesn't necessarily know too much about uh, the business world and the businessman doesn't necessarily know too much about the artist world. In some cases, obviously it's different for everyone and stuff like that. But those just, just being there for that person and not necessarily judging too much. Um, and really understanding what both parties are, what angle they're trying to explain themselves. Just the understanding of each other would, would help a lot because then you can kind of break it down and you can kind of leave your leave your ego on an artist standpoint and a business standpoint you could just be there together and kind of just all right what do we both want and what can we both like what can we both do together that'll that'll work in unison yeah i feel like that just spurred so many thoughts in my mind but like i there there's a line in art between like um what i let me phrase it this way i think there's more subjection subjectiveness in art than there is universal appreciation right like no matter no matter what the art form is whether it's a creative whether it's music whether it's whatever like there's certain things about it that can be universally appreciated but i think for the most part what you love may not be what I love and vice versa, right? So when it comes to something like feedback, especially if it comes from somebody that isn't a creator, do you, do you internalize that? Are you able to compartmentalize it? Like if somebody's just like, if it's not for, not for them, mm-hmm. like, do you, do you wear that on your sleeve or are you, nah. no, no pun intended. I mean, I usually intend <laughs> my puns. I didn't mean that one. Uh, but are you able to just like say, Hey, cool. It's art. I love that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. It's because like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell you what you like and what you don't like. If 
if you don't like my shit, that's cool. Like, we're still gonna be cool. Like, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna pull up and you're gonna be like, yo, it looks like ass. And I'll be like, awesome. Like, good. For you, it looks like ass. And then another person will be like, yo, dude, that's the sickest thing I've ever seen. Good. That's what you think about it too. And so it's just, at, at first I was like, you serious? Like, you kidding me? Yeah, like, exactly. this is my art. This is what I did. This is, this is what I, but now I'm just like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, it's, it's all, everybody grew up a different way. Everybody has a different perspective. Everybody appreciates different aspects of different art and, and different parts of their lives. And so when somebody pulls up and they say they don't like my art, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, you know, maybe they can, maybe they can, they can say, yo, they don't like this part, but they like this part or, or they like this part, but they didn't like this part. And that's, that's learning for me either way. Is there so. a piece that you've, you've put out and uh, I'll just, is there a piece that you've put out that you like more today than you did when it first released? Like, cause, cause, um, cause that's, that's the beauty of subjectivity is it's on a sliding scale. Like sometimes it changes your perspective changes, right? <laughs> So I'm just curious if, if that's ever happened to you or if there's somebody, you know, if there's a story like that where it's like somebody maybe didn't love something or maybe you love something and you look back later on it and was like, uh, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was or whatever. Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there is a piece like that. Um, it's all just like, it's weird because I can fall in love with something that I make. I present it to someone and they're like nah and then I make something and I think it's the biggest piece of shit ever and someone's like yo this is sick <laughs> like I love this so much and I'm like are you serious like in my head I'm like are you fucking serious like so I'm, how do you wrap your care about that. how do you wrap your head around that I mean like because there's a certain yeah. point like, as a creator and in business you're like okay like I'm not proud of putting this out there so I'm not even going to give it a chance like it's not something I hang my hand but if you're saying you're getting positive results by someone still loving it do you do you find it hard to edit yourself? Is you just gotta get out of your own way. Like for me for me when once I realize that like everybody likes their own stuff and it's like, you know, obviously I'm pretty hard on myself in terms of creating and designing and stuff like that, but when it comes to a point where I have to actually like put it out or I think it should go out, then it should go out. Like it should be released, regardless of like if you know, I think that these little things should be tweaked. For me, it's it's like, if it's gonna come out and we're gonna push it out, it's gonna go out and it's gonna be amazing. And so, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like that that vibe. Has there ever been something that you created that you like loved too much that you couldn't let go? <laughs> <laughs> I think at the beginning, at the beginning, yes, yeah, but now. Now, dude, I have like no clothes in my closet, bro. Like, <laughs> I've no, all the clothes. Like, so basically, I, I, I buy, I buy my clothes at cost for myself. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, all right, I'll buy it at full price, whatever. But then I keep it in my closet, and then I look at it, and then I also wear it, and then I'm like in the studio or whatever, and I just take it off, and then I, and then I put art on it, and I put it on the shelf, and then it sells. And so I just don't have any clothes all the time. It's, so it's you're like, selling your own clothes? Yeah, like something like this. Like I just right. got it from Goodwill or whatever, and I just put this on. But I could sell it if I want to, and right. I just won't have clothes anymore. But I don't really have any clothes. Like I probably have like four shirts that I like cycle <laughs> through, and then I have like a a suit jacket that I don't want to touch because it's a like nice whatever. And then I have this other jacket that um, my XXX girlfriend uh, made for me. It has like it has always true. My brother like hand painted on the back. Oh, it was like XXX, like XXX. <laughs> <laughs> not the actual one, but like the XXX. You gotta, it's you know, it's a timeline. Yeah, you gotta keep them in line. Uh, <laughs> have, have you have you had any failures? And if so, like how did they sure. shape what you do now? Uh, yeah, I would I would say almost like every day is kind of like that. If you look at that, you know, if you look at it like that you know because there's always like there's always so much more that you can do and there's always so much extra shit that you can reach for and so in your head if your expectation you know doesn't match your reality it's a failure and so you know a lot of the times I do see that I'm like yo this is a failure but it's just being cool with that failure and figuring out how you can like how you can just like just keep 
keep it going and kind of like morph that failure into something. Into I feel something like cool. you have such artistic answers right, to dude. business. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, <laughs> take it in and flip it. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm like trying to like, yeah, I'm like, dude, it's such like an I think artistic, yeah. it's like, like an artistic humble, answer. But it's also like yeah. a spin doctor in the best kind of way. Where it's like, man, you, you, you have a knack of putting things in a very simple, I'm like, man, I'm going to be so chill tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It's just like, I'm like, dude, that's like such an artistic answer. I felt like. Uh, I mean, this has been a lot. This has been a lot of fun, man. You have any? La- you have any other questions, man? We gotta wrap. It, we gotta wrap it up in a minute. Yeah, no. Like, I feel like it's been such stream of conscious. It's like I don't know. Yeah, it's been jumping nice. off points, but yeah. No, I mean it, it, it's super fascinating. So I know that. You, so you brought us a couple of, of gifts. Yes. Yeah. Well, let me let me open. Let Go me, for yeah, it. Let love, me, let me love let the let check it out. Like, Are ours the same? Or like you got your names on it? I think. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah? Cool. So like he actually brought us some, some stuff here. Let's check it out. Boom. Yeah, dude, check this out. I'm always a card reader first. I'm not. I'm always like, let me, <laughs> like, oh, let me check out my cool let me, stuff. Let me check out what so, I got. So you can see this? Yeah. Boom. Upcycled shirt. Department of Culture. Boom. So that, yeah, that's like an upcycled shirt right there that you're holding, Colin. Yeah. And Michael's holding like a new shirt. That was a collaboration that we did with. Um, a Love stomach a stomach cancer foundation called Debbie's Dream. It was a student here at UF and they hit us up and they wanted to collab and do an event. And so we did a collab with them and we just made it always dream. That's, that's great. Super, that's super cool. That's really cool, man. So that's like a newer that's a newer brand new t shirt and that's a thrifted one. Cool. That's, or, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. So real quick, like the when when you package them, like I you, you ship them uh, across the state, across the country, wherever, yeah. right? How much do you put into your your packaging? Is it is this indicative of what you would normally send out? Do you do handwritten notes, or is this just because we're badass? <laughs> but, but like, how, what do you put into your packaging? Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's um everything. All the packaging is like is hand done by me, um, which I like one hundred percent understand that that's not scalable. You know, people so funny. People at the beginning were like, were like, yo, you handwrite everything, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, and they would they would. At the time, they would make me feel like shit because I'd be like, because they'd be like, yo, you know, you know, that's not scalable right now. You know, and they were like putting so much pre- and I was just like, dude, I just start whatever. So I was like, don't let them out. tell you it's not scalable, man. <laughs> but, but I, under, yeah. but I understand that now I still, I still baby. do it because I still understand that I do have some time to do that. And I do. And each person, each person is, is special. And so each person that decides to spend money on me and the brand itself deserves deserves that as of you know i don't know what's going to happen in the future you know if it's going to be printed or or if i'm going to have you know people actually you know writing it besides me but for now i'm just like trying to put it all put my all into everything because that that's going to resonate with you that'll resonate with you and you'll never forget that dude you're spot on and you're so wise to that it's conversations that we still have i mean i think we were just talking about that concept yesterday um about we, we joke about making making the pie, but it's like doing the special things when you're at a certain level, and then how how easy it is for that stuff to drop off when when you for when sure. you scale too fast, and and a lot of businesses do that and they forget what made them special or what differentiated yep. them, and and my my advice and I, and I know it's hard and we've we've lost touch with it sometimes, but it's just to never stop doing the small things for sure because they do go so so far. Yeah, yeah you got to figure out how to scale that. Right, yeah, like hundred percent. Keep that going forever, which is tough. It's yeah. tough, man. Well, this has been awesome, man. This has been a lot of fun. For it's sure, been great yeah. to have you in here. Uh, we'll tell our audience where they can connect with you if they want to buy buy one of these sweet shirts or any of the other clothing items you have. Where can they go? Cool. So they can go to www.alwaystrue.co if they want to buy some stuff. If they want to check out social media, they can go on Instagram at always true co and it's at always true co on almost all social media platforms so facebook instagram snapchat i believe we have a linkedin um i think we have like a soundcloud and a spot i don't really use it that much but it's still always true co um and then uh and then yeah we we have we have a new collection coming out probably within the next month it's like what you have right there the florida department of culture and the always true lifestyle cool and uh so that's going to be coming out soon that'll be available on the website Sweet, yeah, cool, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, this has been a lot of fun. I I love. I mean, like, 
you, you've got some some wisdom, some humility, some insight that I think is, is super refreshing. And dude, it, it's been great. And an artistic ability to answer questions. Yeah. <laughs> In a very artistic way, which I, which I like. Yeah, for <laughs> Thank sure. you. For Appreciate sure. that. Uh, that's cool, man. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Well, Gainesville World, everybody who's listening, thank you so much for checking us out. Definitely check out Always True. Go find them, go buy one of these sweet shirts or any other sweet swag. And uh, thank you for listening, share this with somebody. We absolutely love you and appreciate you. And keep on keeping on through 2020, baby. That's right, <laughs> 2020, well, man. It's, it's, it's a year we'll, we'll all remember, I will tell you that right now. For sure. So. This is the WHOA GNV Podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> There's that enthusiasm. <laughs> we'll see you later. Whoa. Bye.